Hi, and welcome to Take Heart. Our mission here at Take Heart is to offer encouragement, give hope and insight so you can flourish in your journey as a special needs mom. We have some free resources for caregivers, and we would love to share them with you. You can find them on our website at takeheartspecialmoms.com backslash resources. It's Sarah this week, and we are so glad that you're here. We are in the middle of our summer interview series, and we have some phenomenal guests. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Tiffany McCullough. Tiffany is a full-time special needs minister at Brentwood Baptist Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. Thanks for being here, Tiffany. Absolutely. Happy to join. We are so happy that you're here. This is just a topic that is near and dear to our hearts. Um, Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and how you are a part of the disability special needs community? So I I started my career in 2000 um, in the public school system and was a special education teacher, um, I was a behavior specialist for a little bit of time and then um, an assistant principal. So the first chunk, you know, 16 years or so of my career um, was completely in that special education world um, in our public school system and uh, working with, with those friends, um, working with parents, you know, being a part of IEP meetings and school teams and um spending the day together and um, teaching and looking at curriculum and IEP goals and all of that. And then um, about six years ago, God um, just kind of totally changed my path. And um, Brentwood Baptist was um, taking kind of that first step, you know, towards hiring um, a a staff member, you know, specifically to kind of just blaze a trail and start, you know, really putting intentional efforts into special needs ministry. So um, I was, I was hired in the fall of 2016 uh, to be the special needs minister here at Brentwood Baptist. Great. What a change from special education Mm -hmm. to ministry. That's quite the lead. (laughs) It was a lead for sure. And uh, it was a fun, my brain is constantly looking for new challenges and new things. And, um, you know, I was, the the funny part of that story is just that I was completely fine where I was and happy. And, um, and I, I thought, 
I had a couple of folks um, share the job description with me and they were like, I know you're fine and you're not looking, you know, but I couldn't help but send, you have to read this job description. And, um, and so I did. And it's funny when we take the one step of faith mm-hmm. and we have no idea, you know, we think the next 20 years are going to look a certain way, right. With our careers and our path and God totally change, you know, shows yeah. up and blows us out of the water usually. And it's way greater and more wonderful than what we imagined, you know, or could have ever possibly dreamed. So it's, it's a sweet reminder to me that when we are available and we trust and we take that next step, that God is always going to be there. He is, he's going before us. And we, when we trust that and rest in that and kind of press into that, the ways he shows up or, just remarkable, you know, yeah. and really yeah. humbling, you know, because you look back and you're like, there's no way that had nothing to do with me. That was just completely the Lord. So, um, yeah. so it's been a wild ride for uh, five and a half years now. In this wow. Position. Yeah. Wow. That is great. Um, so what is one of the ways that with this transition that your faith has grown? as a result of that change or that journey through what you've done. Cause I'm sure when you sure. first started, because they were just now step, like you said, they were just kind of just mm-hmm. starting to step out. Um, yeah. So it's not like you walked into an established ministry that was going smoothly. Mm-hmm. I'm Correct. sure you have, you had a lot of trials, mm-hmm. maybe able to set it up the way you wanted to also, but. It was definitely a really interesting time. You know, we had, you know, a handful, maybe four families, you know, and, and there had been, there was a person on staff in a real, just part-time role that had been just trying to dip the toes in, you know, and kind of have some volunteers and some buddies working with friends. And so there had been efforts and movements, you know, and, and the church was recognizing these families are coming to church here or are already here. And we've got to be we want to take more of a proactive approach rather than a reactive uh, way of, of uh, so, so yeah, when I, when I stepped in, you know, we had um, just a real small number. And um, so it's, it's been neat to so many things have gone into uh, where we were then and where we are now and how God has literally just laid out things before us at each season, at each turn in the ministry, um, as we've grown, as we've learned, as we've, you know, just had all kinds of challenges and hurdles to overcome and, and the way we've done that. And God's been there every step of the way, you know, but I think for my faith, um, back to your question, the ways it has probably been I mean, there's, I feel like I could write a book on that, but I think one of the biggest ways God has shown up to me personally in this professional role is just that if we will get out of the way and trust, you know, and, and obviously in our careers and our jobs, there's things we must do every day and we must show up and we must do things and accomplish tasks and have responsibilities and, um, rise to expectations. But at the end of the day, you know, when we trust and we get out of God's way and just say this, this ministry, these families, 
our volunteers, this church, this is yours. Mm -hmm. And um, when we really take time to listen, you know, and, and pray that we just kind of come along with what God's already up to. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not what Tiffany's plans were for this right. ministry. It's what God planned and that we just mm -hmm. me and now a team of folks that I have working with me um, that we just kind of come alongside the Lord and go, thank you for letting us be a part. Um, and it's just so much, you know, like I said a minute ago, it's so much greater than what I could ever dream of, you yeah. know, um, and, and it's impactful for families and it's sustainable and, you know, and God keeps showing up, <laughs> He's, yeah. you know? So, yeah. um, so I think for my faith, it's been good for me. Um, I'm very, very driven, very type A, very, you know, so I've got to have my lists and my planner and my post-it notes and everything. And, and this job has, there are days where that's just like the Lord's almost chuckling probably at me. Like really Tiffany. Okay. Now, um, you know, and, and the post-its go out the door and the planner doesn't matter and the schedule's tossed and, um, and then, you know, when we look back at that, God's just shown up in the neatest ways. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's, I would say that's probably one of the biggest things I've been grateful for, for sure. That's, that's great. And I love when you said that sometimes we just need to get out of the way. And I think that that's so true in so many aspects yeah. of our lives. Yeah. Um, I've said like it before. He doesn't, that God doesn't, God doesn't need me, you know, right. like <laughs> I've. I mean, it, I, I laugh about that, but it's like, he's just, yeah. I feel like he's so, I, I have to remind myself how desperately he wants to show us how lavishly he loves us. Right. And, and we don't give him space to do that enough. I, I, I don't, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Um, I've actually said before that there's times where I, I feel like God's like, okay, when you're done, let me know. <laughs> Let me get down to business because I'm going to wait until you spin yeah. your wheels, Sarah, enough. Yeah. So what is one of the things about the ministry that right now that gives you the biggest joy? I think, um, again, there could be so many things, but I think one of the biggest things that comes to my mind that um, is life-giving and brings a ton of joy is when you have a family, we have an intake process. So when families express interest, um, when volunteers want to be a part of the ministry that we have a very, uh, you know, specific way that we do intake and the way we talk to them and we have meetings and the paperwork they fill out. But in those meetings, we learn so much, you know, about where they've come from, where they are currently, where they hope to be, you know, if they're able to finally plug into church. But when you see a family walk in on that first Sunday morning or come to a respite night on a Friday night, and you know that they haven't gone out to dinner on a date in three years, and they're about to have three hours to themselves on a respite night where the two of them can go to Target or go to Starbucks or go to dinner and take a nap, time to, yeah, take a nap, do laundry. <laughs> One mom's like, I go and get all my laundry done. I change the sheets, uh, you know, yeah. um, I unload the dishwasher with peace and quiet, you know, it's, it doesn't yeah. take much. Um, but when they, when they come back 
you know, and they have been able to sit in a worship service or they have been able to be in a community life group as a couple or serve in the choir or be in the parking lot on duty, you know, when they are able to go press into what God has for them, not as a special needs parent, but as a thriving member of a church body and a community, when they come back, they are just their face it's all I need because yeah. we have given them such a gift that mm-hmm. some of them, I mean, we had a family a couple of weeks ago say we literally have not gone out to eat as a couple and been to church um, where we've gone to the worship service and not had to worry for eight years. And I, I, I cannot grasp <laughs> or fathom mm-hmm. what that does to a couple and the, the, the pressure and the, the way that weighs on them, um, not having that quality time and not, um, so I think as a special needs minister, when we are able to free up the rest of the family, Mm -hmm. we are caring for the individual, whether it's a preschooler through adult, we serve, you know, cradle to grave. So it's like when we care for that individual, well, um, we free up every other member of that family (laughs) to be plugged in in the ways God has laid out for them. That has nothing to do with them being, well, I'm Johnny's sister. So I always have to take care of Johnny when he has a meltdown in church or yeah, my son, I always have to leave the service. We never, you know, do you hear that all the time? Um, I mean, families have told me that they've visited certain churches and they don't even get in from the parking lot before somebody's told them, Hey, we just can't, we can't, we don't know how to do this. So to me, that is the biggest, one of the biggest joys is that we, by doing special needs ministry, well, to a community and to a church body, you you not only are caring for that individual, it goes so far beyond that um, because their siblings and their parents and their caregivers, now they can all go do their thing, you yeah. know? Um, and that is, that is life-giving for sure. Yeah. For sure. And I love, I, I love that. It's um, that's what we have found in our ministry as well is the, the biggest joy that I find is that these parents are like, I, can actually create margin. I have margin in my life. And even if it's for an hour on Sunday, yeah, just to sit in that space with God that I think others just don't understand that that's not a possibility for some of us. We just cannot do that. Um, And I, you know, like you had said too, is that sometimes um, there are people in leadership or even reg, you know, just regular congregation members, mm-hmm. they don't grasp that con that concept. And there, there is no. a phrase that's, you don't know what you don't know. And don't. I, whenever my son was first diagnosed, he was diagnosed around the time he was, he was seven. And there was another younger couple in the fa- in our church mm-hmm. that um, gave birth to their daughter and she has cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And our church rallied around us. They're like, what yeah. do you need? Yeah. That's all. It was like an open invitation. Yeah. And so as we were getting acclimated to what we needed, um, right. my son's is degenerative. So I, at first I was like, nothing's really changed, but I know he can't go right. up steps. Like, that's really all I know at this point, right. but I'll know right. more in a month. <laughs> and right. right. 
I was able to go to them. And then um, my friend and co-leader of this ministry, Leslie and I looked at each other one day and we're like, I know all churches aren't like this. I mean, and it's not, not out that they're, they don't want to be like that, but again, they don't know what they don't know. And they, our church just happened to have two very outspoken women (laughs) that were ready to say, Oh, this is what we need. I went to leadership. My husband and I did and said, um, my husband's in leadership. So we just, we, we kind of described what the diagnosis was. Nobody had ever heard of it before. It's rare. So, um, and then it, I think knowledge is power. And Mm -hmm. I think that it takes the stigma out of it because there's so much going on in just um, our secular society of litigation, lawsuits, all of this. And like, I don't want to touch this because it is so important. It is right. so intricate right? that I think people who don't know what they're doing yeah. are fearful of that. And so I think special needs ministries, one of the biggest things is it, ta- it takes that fear out of it. It does. So with all of that said, how could like if our listeners right now, mm-hmm. they are going to a church and they just, they know that the church wants to help, but they don't know where to start. Mm. How can they help the leaders and the church family as, as in general, know more of what we need? Um, I think that, I think one of the, and I, I know this is kind of what happened here and how it has, you know, it kind of got the ball rolling. Um, and I'm sure it does in many churches, you know, those families, a few prominent family, you know, just that had mm-hmm. been in the church for a long time. And, um, you know, as those kids were getting older and I think, I think it was just becoming more and more apparent. Um, but they really leaned on, especially in those early days. And we still do to today, you know, who are those people in your church that are special ed teachers that are OTs that are PTs mm-hmm. that are, um, even just classroom, you know, early childhood teachers or um, folks that work at a pediatric hospital or or friends that work, you know, um, I mean, all kinds of things, you know, just if they touch somehow the disability world in mm-hmm. their job, those are the people you need, you know, that the church can lean on first because they have the knowledge they do, they can bring, um, they can bring awareness, you know, and, and to me, excuse me, I think the biggest thing that I still do to this day, um, I think in that forum, when you asked me what, you know, one of what thing brings you some of the greatest (laughs) joy, um, one of the things I said was, we've never stopped educating and equipping and bringing awareness Mm -hmm. that that has to be, it has to be a top priority for churches and it must be a top priority for leaders, you know, that want to step into this and that want Mm -hmm. to lead a ministry, whether you're paid or you're not paid, you know, because churches are in all different spots. Right. Right. Um, But I think when it, one of the reasons our ministry, God has blessed it so immensely, I know is because we spent that first year, year and a half, I had to educate the staff. I I, I wasn't going that we had to start there. That was ground zero. You can't just spout knowledge and expect people to listen. You've got to explain the why. So for me, the opportunity was, you get to articulate why this need exists 
and how these folks you're talking to are able to meet that need. Because if I stand up in front of a group of people and I'll be like, well, you don't have a master's degree in this. You don't have classroom experience, blah. It, no, that doesn't matter. But if you if you educate them on here's what disability is, here's how to talk to a family when they walk up to you at guest services. Um, here's what it looks like to bring a buddy with a friend into the student ministry so that he can be yeah. successful in an eighth grade life group. Here's what it looks like to help an adult find a life group that gives him community. You know, all those things. Um, and, and when a new staff member comes along, I mean, you just are constantly um, educating uh, your, 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 all the volunteers that are in a church, your ushers, your deacons, your parking lot guys, your, mm-hmm. you know, facilities crew, um, they've all got to know the why, you know, and then I think the other thing is making our friends who are a part of this ministry visible throughout the church. <laughs> So removing that fear, right? Like your friends with special needs should not be down in the back hallway in the corner next to the janitor, you know, by the closet where all the extra furniture goes. Those friends need to be greeting and welcoming and the friends that can. I mean, I have some friends who are never going to (laughs) be greeters because that would be really hard for them and super overwhelming and they wouldn't be successful. But if we have friends that we can put we can find places where they feel valued and they belong in this body and in this community um, at our church, then we are educating the rest of the church when they see that friend by saying, Hey, this is our friend Susie. And, you know, she um, is welcoming you to the service today. And Susie may be nonverbal, but Susie has a AAC device, you know, and can, communicate and hit a button and say, welcome to Brentwood Baptist. Um, You know, there's just all kinds of ways that we can remove, like you said, people don't know what they don't know, Mm -hmm. but when we remove the fear by putting those friends in spots where they feel they actually matter here, they're not being babysat. (laughs) We don't do that. Um, But when they come here, they know I'm a part. I matter. And when I show up, I I'm needed. I have a job to do. Um, I have a place with peers that is fun and safe for me and supportive, whatever that looks like, because anybody listening that knows anything about people with disabilities, when you met one person with disabilities, you've met one person, right. <laughs> when you met one with autism, you've met one, met one. <laughs> there is not one blanket way that we meet the needs of our friends. We meet them where they are. What is one of the biggest obstacles you have now? How, how big is your ministry now? I know you said originally you started with about four families. How much, yeah, we how are families? serving, we are serving over 80 families okay. right now. That's so wonderful. Um, and that's we, in, been what, five and a half years, you said? Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, one of the, say it one more time, what's one of the biggest obstacles, right? Yeah. So what's one good, of the biggest right. obstacles that you see when leading a special needs ministry? Something that can discourage us at times is we can't ever do enough, right? <laughs> like there's there and, and there are always going to be ways Ministry can definitely become all-consuming and you feel like we have to do this and we have to be on 24-7, right? And we have to solve every single problem and every family's got to be perfectly happy. And 
we, you know, just all the things. And, and I think we, at the end of the day, um, you know, we, we do our very, very best to meet the needs God has put before us. Um, but we have to then set that down at the feet of the Lord and go home to our families and, and, you know, what our lives look like outside of this place, um, and outside of this ministry and trust that God continues working. Well, and I think a good takeaway for our, any, any families that are listening, any caregivers and moms, especially that are listening, I think a good takeaway from that is to, to understand that those in leadership position at churches, they have best intentions. They want to serve you. They want to do more. And again, they might not know what they don't know. And everyone has limited resources. And that's why as a body of Christ, we are unified and pulled together. So I know when you are fighting for your child day in, day out, day in, day out, Um, it can be hard to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to get up early on Sunday and fight to get in the parking lot, fight to get in the church. And, you know, it's hard to, to rationalize that in your head. Um, but everything that you have talked about today, um, which I just, I, I love, and I think it just gives a really good perspective on how important this quote unquote, um, our optional. A lot of people say it's, it's, you know, church is optional. Um, and I think everything that we've talked about today, everything that you've talked about today really kind of proves that it's not. Um, Mm. and I know not everybody has special needs ministry. I live in a smaller town. There's, there was not anything, but uh, it was a 45 minute drive to the closest special needs ministry. And so we started it and we started small and going back to something you said, Um, and anybody who's listening that is sitting there thinking we have no special needs ministry. I don't live in a big town. The nearest one is 45 minutes away. We can't do that on the weekend. I get you so that I understand. Um, but you can start it. We have a special needs ministry by two special needs moms. And we say the Mm -hmm. best thing and the worst thing about that is that it's two special needs moms running a special needs ministry. It's good and bad. We didn't, right. Right. We didn't start with the sensory room. We didn't start with all of that. That has been yeah. a process. We started with a need and yeah. we started exactly. with leadership and saying, we need you. We started with vulnerability and we started with knowing that we are called to be the body of Christ. Those are sure. the two most important things that you need to start that ministry. Well, and, and, they, and they, and they should start right with a need right. and then with education and awareness. Right. Because if we don't create the awareness, you know, we, we then are just a reactive church, right? Right. We're just reacting problem, 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 you know, but I think when we, we look at it and go, wow, what an opportunity instead of, right. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? You know, it's like, right. We have an opportunity here to educate, to equip, to bring awareness um, and, and to respond to something that God has put before us. Um, but I, I would say one thing I would, I would absolutely want moms to hear because I've been on the other side in the public school school world, where I also see them fight so hard. Um, and, and I'm sure with all of the moms listening, they have all had such a magnitude, right. And a wide array of experiences, good and bad. Um, but I would say I love when a mom's 
and I say moms because it's typically the mom, like, sure. let's be honest. Um, the, when the mom or dad's defenses are so heightened, right. In the intake meeting, and they're just like Dukes up just, and yeah. you know, they have had to fight tooth and nail and advocate until in all the things. And then they come in here and it's just, you know, and I'm like, we don't have an IEP. We're going to love your friend, your kiddo <laughs> or your adult. We're going to meet them where they're at. And we're going to learn a little bit about Jesus and love, have fun. And when families can let go of some of that and trust us mm-hmm. that we, we, we know what we're doing. We we're not, you know, perfect, but, um, and that we actually want to care for and love on their kiddo. Um, it's like, they don't know what to do with that. Um, so it just, it, if we can keep letting churches know that this is possible and what a difference it can make when families and parents can just exhale, you know, right. One one day a week or two days a week, you know, whatever (laughs) it is, um, it can just literally change the path, you know, for a family. Yeah. No, and that is such a great, um, that's such a great point. And with that, I want, I want to close with telling our listeners right now that I know we have, ha- we have had people come to us that have said, I was asked to leave my church because my child could not, um, they couldn't handle my child or my child was acting yeah. out or was too verbal in church or whatever. Okay. I know a lot of you listening have church hurt. Um, a lot of you have that, um, you find someone like Tiffany in a church that is willing to just walk beside you, you are able to remove yourself from that posture of defensiveness. Um, It is, it is possible. And if there's ever a time to be persistent Mm -hmm. in finding the church home that not only wants your child there and wants you there, but needs you there, they need that wholeness to their community, it will be so worth it. Um, And so with that, Tiffany, I so appreciate you, you coming on and just telling us that we don't get to talk to ministers very often. And I, like we said, it's just, it's something that is, um, you hear more and more. And I think that it's wonderful. And what you're doing is wonderful. We really appreciate that. And um, we will have, um, I'll have a link to your church's website. I know that you have um, some things just so if you guys want to see what they're up to. um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's easy easy just to Google special needs ministry, and then you can get Mm -hmm. some ideas. Reach out to me here. um, And we'll point you in the right direction. If nothing else, if nothing else, we will pray for you over that. but Tiffany, if you would close us out in prayer, um, and thanks again for being here. It was such an honor. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, just the opportunity today to talk with Sarah and um, just to be so reminded of who you are um, and who you desire to be in our lives. Uh, thank you for the ways that um, you show up day after day. Um, and are so faithful um, in the ways that you love us and the way you um, seek out relationship with us um, and the way you provide for us. And um, I ask specifically today, God, that for each listener, for each mom, for each caregiver, for each parent who God is tired and weary 
and exhausted and worn out, um, I just pray that they will feel you today in a in new way. Um, be so real and so evident to them and to, to their heart um, that they are blessed, uh, that they are encouraged, that they are reminded of truth. God, it's so easy to believe lies and things that Satan would love to just capitalize on in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts. So God, um, conquer all of that um, and give us the courage um, to believe truth and to believe your word and to believe who you are um, in each of our lives and in our families and for our kids. Um, thank you again for this opportunity. May each person listening, God, that has questions, that needs answers, that needs help, that needs guidance, um, point them to uh, Sarah and her team, to me and my team, to any anyone, God, who is on this path that can be a resource and a help. Would you point them exactly where uh, you need them to be, God, so that they they are supported and loved on this journey of caring for um, an individual with a disability, God. Um, thank you again for the ways you've blessed us, and may we be more like you um, as a result of our time together today. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week on Take Heart. Our prayer each week is for your heart to be encouraged. We are grateful you are walking on this journey with us. If you have any questions or comments, follow the links in our show notes. We love hearing from you.